When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joshua. Oh, my <laughs> God. I love these episodes. I'm so happy every single time uh, we start. Right. Because uh, I haven't made you sit through some kind of violent gore. Uh, you haven't had to, like, think too hard. It's just been nice, gentle movies in, yes. in this this year. For Lucky once. You. For once, you're going yeah. in slow. It's not yeah. like yeah. bam, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. you, well, it's because you know that Hellraiser is coming, and then I know. Oh God, that. I'm actually um, not looking forward to it, but also uh-huh. kind of looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, well, we are very, very lucky here in the West Craven Online uh, Annex Learning Annex uh, to to have. <laughs> Back with us, uh, Miss Marissa from La Jersey Ghouls. Ooh, hey, hello, hi, everybody. Hi, <laughs> is a learning addict like an upgrade or like a downgrade? I can't tell for the West. I Craven. think it's like more like the West Craven Memorial Virtual Academy. Like, there there like go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not the bookmobile. That's when we actually pack up all of our shit and travel somewhere. So this is just you know, it's Zoom. Addicts, sure. It's Zoom. <laughs> Yeah. Dear listeners uh, and those watching, this is just, you know, over on Patreon. Hello again, Patreon subscribers. Thank you. Thank you. You let us keep doing this. You know, your your, your contributions. You're keeping keep the, the lights alive. On. You are. <laughs> Look, literally, you can even see the lights that are on. Um, yeah. So it just, I don't know. That kind of came out of the pandemic because we had been recording so much in, in person. Then when it was like, oh, the West Craven more. Well, no, we're not in the studio. We're in like the online virtual room um marissa what are your thoughts actually on the new hellraiser coming are you a hellraiser fan clive barker pumped for it i know like i don't know i mean i love the actual like books of blood and all that so i'm so here for it i gotta be honest with you i'm more excited to watch joe go through this whole journey though than i am for (laughs) anything else at this point um and i'm you know me i'm always here for a reboot or something interesting and new so yeah yeah the trailer looks great oh go ahead joe no, I I was gonna just I'm not I'm not looking forward to it because Hellraiser I'm actually I have like memories of being legit terrified of just the poster because um, the place where I got my haircut we would when I would when I was a kid I would get my would I'll tell the story again but like when I was a kid um, my dad and I would always get haircuts at the same time and he would choose the first appointment of the day on a, like a Saturday morning so at like seven in the morning going to an empty shopping mall um, and like we would go and 
it would just be the only thing open would be the hair salon. So we go in there, we get our haircut by the same Korean lady. And then while he was getting his haircut across the way was a, was a video store. And the posters that they had in the window for this video store were the 13th warrior starring um, Antonio Banderas. And That's scary in and of itself. Too. Scary in and of itself. <laughs> and Hellraiser, but like, Hellraiser, it like just with the box and the pins. And like, I remember looking at that a lot and just thinking, like, I want nothing to do with this. Um, and now here I am <laughs> about I'm, about to embark. Actually, by the little... time, oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was gonna I'm say, just, by the just... time this airs, uh, he will have watched it already. That's what's yes. kind of, we're in this weird limbo, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just was thinking I was disappointed that that story didn't include your hairdresser having a poster of Hellraiser in like their little cubby for some reason. That's what I was hoping that story would be, that they were like a big fan or something or that you went to a place that also did movies or something along that line. But no, you've never seen the original either. So mm-hmm. are you going to take yeah. them through every one? Like, are you going to make them watch all of them? We're going to do a double feature of the original Hellraiser with the new one. Um, okay. I there are, I love a lot of the Hellraiser uh, films. I'm not sure that they're all fright school material. Um, not, not to, yeah. you know, not to like, you know, put any, you know, I enjoy them. Hey, if you love it, like that is, that is valuable, but I'm not sure if Joe must see all of them, but he must see the original. Um, I actually really, the other night I enjoyed, um, I'm rereading the Hellbound Heart when I fucking have a second, you know, um, the original novella that, that Hellraiser is based on just because, you know, I just want it fresh when we're talking about it. And I read the whole first chapter out loud to, to, to the Sam's Quench. <laughs> he was like, he's like, wow, that's how it's done. <laughs> it's like, that's the book. Like, Yeah. And he kept kind of interrupting and asking questions and stuff. And I'm just like, just let me read it to you because it's so wonderful. But I mean, I know they're kind of doing a new thing. I'm not sure how much is going to be really based on that original source material, but I I was very excited by the trailer. So I'm like, hey, sign me up. Joe, I really think you're going to love, like, once you get over, like, if you can get over your icky pinhead trauma, I think you'll really love the film. Like, there's so much, I don't know, it's so so much meat on those bones, if you will, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. yes. Some of that meat might be on the floor somewhere, but it's there. (laughs) That's right. Um, (laughs) What else? uh, You know, actually, because you you taught, um, like, forensic psych criminal Mm -hmm. Criminology. Yep. So I'm curious. We talked um, a couple episodes ago. Um, I'm watching the Dahmer series. <gasps> Are too. you watching? Okay. I'm curious, like, what you think, because, you know, it's always interesting every time these sort of new, like, prestige shows come out about, like, a serial killer where, you know, obviously all these, a lot of these people are still alive that were affected by the story, Um, you know, so there's obviously lots of bubbling up again of, like, you know, the anxiety around that, and I don't know, I'm just curious what you think of it and, you know, kind of where you're at in those Mm. conversations. So totally watching it too. Not not proud or embarrassed per se to admit my boner for Evan. Uh, Evan Peters knows no limits. But um, even in his Dobber look, I'm like, mm, okay, I'm here for it. But um, my biggest issue is just the glamorization, right? I mean, like I we're all horror fans, I think, who kind of share this this knowledge of the problematic nature of 
fetishizing and and kind of celebrating these real life monsters. And I see it with the kids every time one of these new shows comes out. I say kids, I mean like high school and college age students. (laughs) The kids, they're kids to me. Uh Um, uh, And they kind of stop thinking of them as real and kind of create this like fault. Like they start to kind of celebrate these guys and it really weirds me out. I will say this is, this one's fucked if I may be so bold. Like I want to shower after every episode, but um, my biggest gripe I would say is I went on the internet yesterday. There was literally a meme that was like, which one would you pardon? Jigsaw, Pinhead, uh, Ghostface, Jeffrey Dahmer. And I was like, okay, but time out for adventure. One of these things is not like the others. Like, (laughs) Are we having that thing where we forget reality versus fiction again, everybody? Like it's, and that's my big fear with it. So as much as I'm guilty, cause I'm helping elevate it to number one on Netflix by watching it. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's a little dangerous. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, that was a very good point about um, the fact that people like we're getting that mixed up of fiction and nonfiction, because for a lot of people living, you know, the, the demographics of like Netflix and like the whole, like a lot of the online world are like 18 to like 25, you know, um, not totally, I mean, I'm generalizing, but a lot of, a lot of stuff is aimed always at that kind of demographic. They weren't alive when he was caught and they weren't alive when he died, you know? So, I mean, there are 22 year olds walking around y'all who were born in the year 2000. I mean, it's, it bonkers though, but it's a truth that us, that us elder millennials, we have to um, <laughs> accept. So it's like for them, he is, it is like a boogeyman kind of character and it's kind of divorced from like the reality, you know, watching it with Jeffrey, uh, my Jeffrey, the Sam's branch, um, which I was delighted in. Uh, his name's Jeffrey. Your name's Jeffrey. Um, but he was like, I have, I have real memory of this happening, like living memory of like where I was in 90 when he was caught and like how the insanity of the whole thing. And, you know, just kind of in the world being like, how, how could this happen? Like in this like apartment building, you know, in fucking Wisconsin, you know, um, but for a lot of people, they don't have that memory at all. You know, I have some of it. I, I remember a little of, especially of his death. I remember that I was like 10 when he was murdered yeah. in prison or whatever. So like, I have some memory of that, but yeah, I think that's, that's a, that's a really good point about just people, people talk about it. Like he's a fictional character rather than real. Um, Joe, what, what were your, what, what were your, what would you say to that? <laughs> I have no opinion on on Dahmer. Like, I think my first real introduction to Dahmer is everything we've done for the show. So, like, well, watching Hotel, and then we did our famous Lost episode that we had to re-record of My Friend Dahmer, um, which was, like, you know, I, I, lots of psychic trauma having to discuss that twice. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I, that's the other thing is like, you know, I also am not aware, like I wasn't living, I wasn't living here and uh, here in the mainland at the time. And so um, all serial killery type things, all of that's like in my, it is it, like a thing on the TV. Like, you know, I, I'm definitely in the age group that like, if that had happened when I was living here, I'd probably feel differently. But like, you know, that's on the TV. My mom is a retired forensic scientist. So like, you know, true crime stuff is true crime stuff comes from like a very real place because that was stuff that she did. And so like, you know, I have memories of watching the Science of the Lambs or being being in the next room while they were watching Science of the Lambs and how she 
her relationship with that, especially having like been to the FBI Academy and Quantico and all of that. So, but, but yeah, I mean, like as far as like true crime stuff, it's, it's, it's interesting because like it's become so much of, I think like in the post serial world, it's become like people's identities. Like it's become like that thing in the post serial post, my favorite murder where, you know, it's a whole thing that people just like love it. But it's also really fascinating because it's like, you know, these, like you said, these are real people. These are real people that live that committed crimes that, you know, affected the lives of loved ones and countless people. Um, It's kind of like, this is a very strange comparison, but just if you allow me, just go with me on this. It's like how there's a demographic, for me, it's like there's a demographic in Japan of, um, of like straight women who read gay erotica, like gay erotic manga in Japan specifically. And it's more about like, they just, for whatever reason, it like draws them in and they like, you know, bond over it. There's whole fan communities, but it's, but like straight women who like maybe have never come into contact with a gay person or have no gay people that they know other than the people in these books. And to me, it's just so fascinating because it's like how a fandom can be generated uh, can be activated and build community around something that seems like if it was confronted with them in the in in front of them, it would be a different relationship. It's and that's something that on my favorite murder or uh, not my favorite murders, uh, only murders in the building that they kind of tackle with the like fan group that uh, with the fan group that like listened to the podcast. Yeah. And, and I love that, like how it turns that on its head a little bit of like, you know, they're just like, Oh my God, it's another season. And I'm like, no, they're like actually trying to figure out who killed, uh, <laughs> who killed Tim Bono. Um, that's all I'll say. Like, I'm not really a true crime person. The kind of crimes that I love in terms of like, when I listen to podcasts are always mysteries regarding like, cr- um, uh crime uh like uh like something stolen like i listened to a whole podcast last year about like the the theft of the ruby slippers <laughs> from uh, yeah. from like a museum and then um i did listen to one that was about a murder but it was also it was the guy who one of the guys who like blew up chippendales like he was murdered by his like he was it was a murder for hire but uh and it mostly talked about like the circumstances of the rise of Chippendales, the subsequent fall and what happened after the murder and how it affected everybody. But it wasn't about like the murder or the murderer specifically. It was everything around it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my little take on it. Um, I don't, I honestly don't know other than like um, other than just like, you know, watching Evan Peters's ass, like, I don't know if I'll watch the Dahmer stuff, but I haven't watched a lot of... The only Ryan Murphy joints that I've been uh, consuming lately are American Horror Stories, um, right. which this season, actually, I I really liked, so... Yeah, yeah. So far, there's not been any Evan Peters um, ass on Dahmer. Lots of oily chests, you know, but, chests. but that's it. Well, sweaty, but obviously it's like oil or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I think... I think one thing it is doing well that is, I think is a tribute to the creators is that it is kind of forcing these younger 
audiences because I do think most of their demographic is that 18 to 25 kids who Mm -hmm. this is just fiction for them. Um, It's forcing them to like remember that, you know, it was because it was black homosexuals in the 1970s. Nobody gave a shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and I think I like that the show is kind of playing on that and kind of, especially the first episode where he does get caught and then fucking released is so it's, it's, it's a good thing to remind because I think that newer generations of like people in that community, people in general, they often forget how fucking close we were to that shit. I mean, I don't know how they can forget in our world today, but like, it's, it's just a good reminder of the battles of not so long ago, as far, especially in criminology, you know? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. That's why we kept talking, you know, because Jeffrey's not very familiar with like the true crime uh, stuff, like I am, you know, because I was like mentioning because there are some things that like it gets wrong that annoy me just on a on, on a on a level of like, um, you know, I think I talked a little bit about this, but like you know, Jeffrey Dahmer is pretty forthcoming, and if we trust him as a reliable narrator of his crimes, then um, you know, and a lot of it, you know, it matched what he said, so it's like we don't need to make it any more than that. We don't need to over-dramatize. Like just, you know, we can, we can follow the crimes as they were. That's the only thing that I, the only real critique, but Jeffrey was just like, how do you know all this stuff? I'm like, Jeffrey, I've read so many books about, (laughs) and on my whole, the very first like big psychology research paper I did was on Jeffrey Dahmer. It was a giant research paper. So I'm very familiar with what's (laughs) happening here. Um, You know, but yeah, it's uh, she's a Dahmer expert. Right. <laughs> it's just very, very, very uh, tense, and yeah, and and a good reminder of like, yeah, because oh, that's that was the point was that because he was like, how like how he's so sloppy, like how is he not getting caught? You know, when you're kind of flashing back to like the seventies and the eighties, it's like exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that's the point. This is they documenting like how insane, like just being like a white guy telling cops something what you can like get away with, you know, it's insane. Anyways, Jeffrey yeah, Dahmer, are you- more like Joshua dommed her. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Joe, just that's okay. Um, I'm here for a- it. Any, <laughs> Marissa, what, um, are you watching anything else that you're really enjoying right now? Anything that's like getting you or any movies or. I'm a sucker for a countdown show because it reminds me of when we were little. So Shutter has the 101 greatest jump scares of all time or some shit like that. Oh, here cool. If you guys are bored and like want to put it on to fall asleep because you're a weirdo like me, like I'm like, yeah, I'll watch creepy scenes for movies. So, so if, if anybody's interested, I and they have like fun people like, you know, Mick Garris and Greg Nicotero just waxing about the film. So it's it's nothing revolutionary, but A, it doesn't include Eli Roth, so I'll watch it. And B, it's... <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if you guys are as shit on him as much as we do. And B, it's it's just good fun, like Halloween, like, you know, and it does have a couple of movies where I'm like, oh shit, I've never seen that one. So, you know, check it out. <laughs> oh, that yeah, that sounds great. I will uh um I would definitely check that out. I love Shutter. They come, they have all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. What's that, Joe? Uh, very quickly, can you um can you say why we you shit on yeah, Lila Roth a lot? I mean, like, I could probably oh. figure it out, but uh, like yeah, it's I just like need to every know. All right, so I'm going to get a little Jersey goals for a second, but it's like every dude bro who probably roofied a girl for his friend in college is smushed into one fucking piece of shit who got lucky enough to like sit at a table once with Quentin Tarantino and has ridden those coattails ever since. And if you watch his movies, they are all just fucking absolute rubbish. And I will admit that like I love so many of the people he's adjacent to that it's okay, but God, I hate that piece. He is. He's like every fucking frat boy I wanted to kill in college, so. 
<laughs> that's that's uh, it's so personal. There's nothing like there's no good reason for my hatred of him besides his shitty movies and his dude bronus. And like when we did a hostile episode, he basically was like, "You're welcome, world. Look, I'm protecting you all from yourselves." And I was like, "Get the fuck out of here with your misogynistic shit, you piece of garbage." Uh, uh, another day for another day. <laughs> I love this. Oh my gosh! If we ever do, because I don't think we've even covered one oh, Eli Roth never. Do. Please have me. I would be yet. happy to come hang out. Yeah, um, hostile I, and hostile too. That would be kind of fun to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got feelings. <laughs> uh, well, we love that. We love feelings uh, uh, here at Fright School. Um, here at Fright School, we value your feelings. Hot takes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we're we're here for it. Um, I was trying to think. <sighs> There's something else coming out that I was curious about on Shutter, and it's left. So whatever. We're um, you know, because you like to read, <laughs> uh, and Grady, uh, right? I, it's nice to have people on the show who I can uh, identify with. Who are literate? <laughs> um, do you read Grady Hendrix? I, I think we talked about Grady. Stuff, okay. Yeah. Are you excited about the, my best friend's exorcism? Have you seen I'm the trailer here for, for that? it? Yeah, I haven't seen the trailer yet, but I'm so here for it. I just think he's so fun and those books just delight me. So I'm here for that. I'm here for, I just, I just finally finished. Um, well, I'm starting the new Stephen King, of course, because you know, how could I not, but it Fairy feels tale. like an, yeah, it feels like yeah. an undertaking. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for my best friend's exorcism. I'm just glad Grady Hendrix is going to get like elevated into the mainstream, hopefully with this. Yeah. It's very interesting. Like he's been around for a while and, you know, written, I mean, I know he's done like other scripts and like, and things like that, but yeah, I, I really curious to see how this turns out. I think they're doing a series of the final girl support group. So I'm really, um, yeah, I, I'm just I'm hoping that this exorcism does well. Uh, Me too. You know, and brings some more interest to his books as well. Uh, but yeah, I've got like our whole little book club is all like excited. We're definitely gonna have like a movie night uh, when that comes out. <laughs> I'm excited for that. Um, I just read Tender is the Flesh, and I'm still not okay. I don't know if you've read that one or if. I've read the first chapter of it. And I've been sitting on it for because it's so like it's a mind fuck. It's tough. It's a tough yeah. read. It's it's been like two weeks, and I'm like, nope, still not okay. Like I'll just every now and again, I'll feel like, nope, I definitely did something to myself with this book. But I mean, those are I'm here for those, but I also am like, I can only take them at small doses. So now I need something light to cleanse the palate after that. Stephen King, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to picking up Fairy Tale. It's kind of mm-hmm. it's probably going to be something. I might have to wait till the semester's over, but Ooh, um, yeah, that's fair. But, I, but I'm, but I'm, I've been thinking about it. I keep going. Ah, I want to run over to the bookstore and like pick it up. But I know if I do, then I'll want to read it. But if I wait, I can make it like my December read while I'm off. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, 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 Joe. Are we ready for a break? I'm ready for you to so. stop talking about reading. <laughs> right, exactly. Ray Edding. Uh, all right. Well, we are going to take a quick break and we will be back to discuss the uh, delightful little monsters. Meanwhile, in New Jersey. So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. Hi-oh! 
from feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. All right, welcome back. So continuing our October 2022 spooky season, gateway horror, kitty horror, whatever we're calling it, you know, the stuff that we saw when we were, you know, kids that spooked us and, you know, led us to our lifelong love of horror. Uh, today, we are talking about Little Monsters with the, um, I think he's canceled now, Fred Savage. <laughs> um, hashtag but, canceled. <laughs> but he was, hashtag, I love that, hashtag canceled. Uh, Fred Savage, when he was a little tiny boy. Uh, actually, I think he was working on The Wonder Years at the same time as making this movie. Uh, with Howie Mandel, we've got uh, Richard Allen Greenberg on direction, which I forgot to look to see what else he had done. Uh, oh, he did a lot of visual and title design, so... Um, not really a uh, um, a director, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway, so it is about you know Fred Savage's character uh, Brian, you know, meets the monster who lives under his bed, and they go on wacky adventures. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, Monsters Inc. before there was Monsters Inc. Although you know what's really funny is I made a note and it changed it to Monsters Zinc with a Z. Mm-hmm. So I left it like that. That Monsters new uh, that, that new sunscreen is yeah. Monster Zinc. <laughs> yeah. Which would be very good for the monsters in this film, obviously. Yes, you know? yes. But uh, Joe, let's start because out of the the uh, gateway horror, uh, kid horror, whatever, children's horror uh, movies that we're doing over this month, this is one that you hadn't seen, right? No. This was your first watch. Yay, we got one. Tell us, um, tell us, tell us your thoughts. Um... Piss upon the childhoods. <laughs> Piss upon the childhood. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing, right? I think that the I think that the main thing that uh, prevented me from wanting to watch this movie was the uh, the cover art on the VHS. Like I remember seeing it. I remember seeing like Fred Savage and. Uh, um, Fred Savage, and then you know the monster, Howie Mandel, Maurice, um, and Maurice, right? His that's, yes, Maurice, that's his name. Uh-huh. Thank you. Um, and and thinking like, no, that's just that doesn't look like it's for me. Um, and I have like clear memories of like passing it and thinking like, no, absolutely not. I wonder. Do you remember which image it was? Because there's quite a few. Like when I look up, like the is it the one where they're like standing back to back? Um, it's. I know that it's like a stark white cover with just the two of them. Oh yeah. Then that's different. I'm trying to find that. Or like, um, I know it's just the two of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think I found it where he's like, got his hand on his, uh, uh, Maurice has got his hand on uh, Brian's head. Yeah. That's okay. So go ahead. Anyways, I just wanted to see, I wanted to have a visual so I could see like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. But this just looks like a buddy movie. So I'm kind of surprised you were like, no, <laughs> No, no to that blue man. No, no, no. I was like, I don't know this blue man. Right. Um, yeah, I it, I just never, you know, I, and here's the thing. I actually love Fred Savage. Like I watch, I'm a fan of the Wonder Years. Um, 
I'm a fan of his brother Ben Savage, who was in Boy Meets World. Daniel Stern, who plays the dad. And here, who, he's the you know he plays yeah. his younger brother in here. Younger brother here, uh, Daniel Stern, who was the voice of adult Fred Savage in the Wonder Years, and also yeah. played Marv in you know Home Alone. So I feel like. I feel like if I was not deterred, I would have like read the back and seen who was in it, you know, because it, it'll be like that. It's like that 90s, 80s thing where it's like there's a picture of every actor that in the movie and you can see, oh, I will definitely rent this because it's got that guy. Um, but yeah, so watching it, um, watching it in the morning um was like you know because so often when i know that we're recording later in the afternoon i will go and i'll watch the movie in the morning um that's just my fright my personal fright school ritual um fresh he's ready i'm fresh (laughs) and ready there's nothing quite like you know watching like you know a slasher at like eight in the morning uh, to really get the the blood flowing Um, that's not what this movie is for sure but um yeah, I mean, it was, I could definitely see how this would be someone's, like, gateway into, uh, gateway into horror. Um, it was giving me, like, it was giving, like, it was giving, like, uh, the vibes of films that I don't like. So it was, like, giving, like, Dark Crystal. It was giving, um, like, uh, Willow to a certain extent, like, because of the puppetry and the, the uh, you know. yeah. The puppetry and all of that, like that stuff, never ending story. I'm not really a fan of like, so mm. those things it reminded me of. And I was like, okay, so maybe this was a good choice that I didn't watch it when I was a kid. <laughs> um, and seeing it now as an adult, I was, it's just kind of uh, shocking to say the least that they got away with a lot of what they did. 100% shocking as an yeah. adult. Oh, yeah. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, did you like it, Joe? I mean, I don't imagine this is one you're going to rush back to like rewatch. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, did you enjoy I, it? Like, I mean, like, I think if I was going to go rush back to like watch it, you might have to put me on like, you know, I might have to introduce myself to the neighbors pursuant to Megan's Law or something like that because it's a little <laughs> too, you know, like I don't have a. There's no reason for me, an adult man, to be watching this movie for a second time. Um, if you don't have like the nostalgia. Of it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That, um, that I wouldn't sense. watch this again. Um, I, I was I recently discovered that uh, I've been shitting on Matt Kelly's favorite films. So uh, I, I which like he said it and I was like, huh, I wonder what I've shit on so far. And so I just assume that like he just will he love every. Yeah. I'm sure maybe, you know, it's uh, I again, like I I wanted to love this film a lot more. But I think because I don't have it as a core memory for myself that it's it's a take it or leave it type of thing. This yeah. is one of those films that you would like recommend to somebody. It's like, hey, I want to like, sh- I want to show a Halloween movie uh, to a bunch of kids, but I don't want to like, you know, show them The Exorcist. What, I'm like, okay, we'll show them, you know, besides like Hocus Pocus or besides like the movies that we've talked about recently, <laughs> the movies that we've just talked about, Ghostbusters, um, Beetlejuice, he- show them Little Monsters if you want something with like a little bit of edge, but like is also still like sort of supposed to be kid friendly. And that's the other thing too. I'm like, yeah. is this kid friendly? Are we like, are kids now just too sheltered? I have like, you know, there's a mother and an educator here. <laughs> so I'm, I I pose this question to you that we could talk about a little bit. I'm like, are kids just too sheltered? Do we like, 
because like the idea of like i think one thing that and you know joshua i'm gonna i'm gonna derail us for a little bit but it, but come with me we're gonna overcomplicate what? things i know <laughs> we're gonna overcomplicate horror right so like in college, I took um, in college I took a literature course that was specifically or centered around uh, like youth culture and the idea that like the idea of like what is considered youth culture is like completely manufactured. So like there's adult mm-hmm. stuff and like before up to a certain point there was no genre of like there was no the the conception of what a teenager was was not like a marketable genre a marketable demographic slash genre or whatever like they were just like adults like you know you you could have children <laughs> and you were an adult uh kind of thing and so like the idea that there's like the idea of like youth culture pg13 all of that stuff is like completely created um, and manufactured by capitalism and subsequently by like adults who are trying to control keep kids from being <laughs> i keep saying i keep thinking sentient keep kids from being like aware for as long as possible right and so one thing that i'm always like cognizant of when i think of things that are for children are the idea that like this is a from this is manufactured by a group of adults thinking that this is something kids will like and on a certain level there's like a certain level of wish fulfillment there there's a certain level of like protection it's portraying to them uh culture and reality in a like this portraying to them a simulation if you will that they wish that they had or they think that children would appreciate or ultimately will get them to buy something or whatever and so In this film, I think that there's a couple things at play with regards to that of the conception of youth culture, right? Because like, or at least internally for me, because I'm watching it and I'm just like, I don't think this is for kids. But like, somebody thought that this was for kids. Somebody put like the most famous at the time and probably arguably still the most famous like child actor, (laughs) Fred Savage, um, at the height of his power doing Wonder Years there in the film. Um, bright colors uh bright colors and you know um humanoid looking monster type things like all of it reads children but like when you really look at it it doesn't and that's like the thing that disney gets really well it's like it's for kids but adults can really get into it and they like it so i don't know there was Again, this is just my training of Fright School that, like, I'm trying to enjoy this film for what it is. But as I'm, like, tuning out, uh, or, like, I started, like, overcomplicating it in my head because I'm just like, wow, this really doesn't feel like it's for kids. But am I just overcomplicating it? Because I think what I'm fucked up from what I think kids should have. And I always... This is something that I have a constant battle because I don't have children. I don't really intend to have kids. And so every time I'm like going to a birthday party and I need to buy something for a child, I'm just like, I always skew younger than how they are because I'm just like, I don't know what, like, you know, I wanted to give my goddaughter like the full seven Harry Potter books when she was like six. <laughs> Cause I was like, she's smart enough. I think she can handle this. And her parents were like, uh, she doesn't really like scary things. And I'm like, it's Harry fucking Potter. The only thing scary is like, you know, JK Rowling's like trans. <laughs> JK Rowling's turn <laughs> is the only thing that's scary. But, um, I've talked a lot. Wow. Uh, I've said a lot of things. I didn't think I was going to have a lot to say just off the bat, but, uh, Please, yeah, what so. do y'all think? <laughs> well, hold on. I want to interrupt you for a second or, st- or, or, or stop before we 
it even more like um, this is where I wish that we did actually write and like plot out the show because these are all really awesome points that you're bringing up, Joe. It's just you should have brought them up after Marissa had a chance to talk about why. Like, okay. <laughs> all because, like, you know, so because what I want to talk about first before we get into all that, which I took a couple of notes because, you know, so hopefully, Marissa, you have, we'll, we'll bring remember, it, we'll bring it back. Oh, we're we're, we're going to bring it back. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to put a pin in that really quickly just because when we put it out, you know, because we, you know, when we were inviting the guests on the show, we were kind of like, here's some movies that we were thinking about and you were like oh i'll talk about little monster so you know why like let's talk about your history with this movie a little bit and then we'll get into like oh. all those awesome like truly great points that joe made. <laughs> absolutely and i love that beforehand you were like marissa don't be your fucking annoying self with like academic and hardcore and like fucking deep and then joe just drops all these bombs he's like pew, 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 i know i was really like cool. <laughs> we, you and i you and i are the same that way like we have to fight against like we're just having fun right. and then like I'm yeah like, I, I will it. but i love i was furiously <laughs> scribbling notes so i'm so excited to go back to everything you said joe because it was it was so good i have so many comments but so basically i had a love-hate relationship with this movie so this came out when i was eight like hashtag the old bitch in the house and um (laughs) i can categorically say i was was, five so we're not uh, not okay i'm not too bad um i i i remember loving some aspects of this film like i i called her i know she has a real name in the movie but i called her the real 80s max from stranger things because she was like a little <laughs> adorable sassy ginger um what's her oh, real name kirsten kirsten uh, right like yeah. she was such a great 80s trope female like kid movie character so i loved her but my god did this like and and remember you guys i didn't have a normal childhood where like i only watched pg movies i was watching right. like the exorcist and then this yeah. and i would be like the exorcist was great but that's sh- like little monsters was scary so for some reason there was something that's scared my little self like ridiculous and i'm gonna gonna say it now it was boy boy scared the shit out of me as a kid um so fucking creepy and um i don't know for a kid who watched every horror movie under the sun this movie made me uncomfortable in ways that only now i'm like oh it's because this movie isn't for children like there's so many things in here that are just like when i'm watching nightmare on elm street at eight years old i knew what i was getting like i knew it wasn't for me but somehow disarming me with fred savage only to have it be so much like ick and like just pro I don't know it, like I just watching it with my 40 year old eyes now I'm just tearing it apart and saying to little me that it was okay to not like this movie like I think I trust I should have trusted that instinct as a child <laughs> <laughs> no exactly the same like I don't this is another movie I don't have a concept for the first time I saw it but there are elements of re-watching it as an adult that I'm like oh I remember that really freaking me mm-hmm. out like for instance there's a scene in the film that they uh they're watching the fly like the original but because of the way it's like, it's a really weird, the way that they frame the scene. So as a kid, I didn't understand what was going on and I hadn't seen the fly. So I, or like, you know, I didn't have a reference and his face and everything like really disturbed me as a kid. Like I was genuinely freaked out by that particular sequence in this because it was just so like, what's going on? What is, is there a person trapped in their closet or something? Like I was very weirded out by that. And there's a lot of other little moments with something rewatching this. I'm like, oh, I remember finding that really creepy. But at the same time, just like you, no problem with Candyman, no problem with, you know, fucking Nightmare on Elm Street, The Exorcist, Halloween, all movies that I had seen as well around the same time. But there are moments in this that are really freaky. And then on top of it, yeah, there are other like really adult things. Like there's a whole thing where he's like, um, 
you know, man's best friend is right hand, but it's the dog, but it's not like, it's like, what? I don't Did you guys catch the, the knees? This was the one that literally was a record scratch for me. When the really scary snick guy is like, like yelling at somebody who didn't do the guy's bidding. And the, the little guy is like, my knees were broken. And I was like, I literally like record scratched because I was like, is, are they insinuating that the, the, some horrific sexual, yeah, you know, I was like, wait a minute, is he saying the little monster who child was supposed to be giving a blowjob to the head monster and we're all going to be okay with this? Like, I was like, as a kid, I, it went, because I yeah, was not that totally. cool. I was yeah, not that the, cool kid. <laughs> and the head monster's name is Boy, right? <sighs> Like yeah, ruler, yeah, he's the ruler. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, just, I know. But, but Maurice yeah. is a grown, seemingly grown man who turned into a monster. I'm confused. <laughs> well, that's yeah. I'm very. I'm still kind of like again, like this. Um, the 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 story. It's like unlike Monsters Inc., which gives like a reason that the monsters are doing what they're doing. This doesn't really. But I think it's inferred that yeah, all of the monsters, or at least the newest monsters, are children that got trapped there. You know, because Ben or I mean um, Brian's character. You know, when the light hits him, he starts to shrink. They are transforming if they get stuck there. So yeah, I kind of thought, especially with um, him collecting the baseball cards and stuff, like need him, got him, need him, got which I've done. I've done that like my whole life and nobody ever fucking I notices. quote that all the time me too yeah. I'm like beat it yeah. got it got it especially it. with like Funko when I go to um like Hot Topic I see all the Funko pops like need it got it got it need it need it what are you doing I'm like it's nobody gets it you, you yep. nobody this is another this is another movie that we all thought we made up because mm-hmm. other parents didn't let their kids we're smart enough this. right to not right you know so it's another one of those where it's like yeah. I, I must it's a it's a fever dream I had you know but then it pops <laughs> up on HBO Max and you're like oh there it is it's so Anyways, um, so let's let's go ahead and get back and let's tackle some of the questions that uh, Joe asked, because I am actually curious, you know, as a mother and, you know, somebody who is like guiding the next, uh, you know, the oh, next Jesus. generation I'm of sorry. horror fans. <laughs> well, um, no, but like your daughters, you know, you're always looking, I've seen, you know, you've posted about like, you know, thinking about showing them this or thinking yeah, about showing them that, yeah. or, you know, so I, I am curious about, you know, yeah, some of your response to yeah, so questions. this didn't, neither one of them, my older one was smart enough to look at the, like, plot summary and be like, I'm not watching that shit. And then my youngest was like, literally made it five minutes before she was like, who are these kids? And I was like, don't you ever fucking talk about the savages that way in my presence? And at least not bad. Friend. But, um, and can we just, like, did he phone it in or did I just in my head pretend the savages were good actors? What happened there? Which, which one, one, though? Which one, though? Both of them? Well, so, did they actually drug Ben or was he just pretending to be roofied for the movie? I'm confused. <laughs> like, what happened yeah, there? But Fred is, but the problem is, is Howie Mandel is like, right, 100%. Out like yeah. all the flashing lights at every amusement park on the fucking planet is how you know is Howard Mandel like you know mm-hmm. Howie Howard whatever the fuck. <laughs> so it's, it's like how do you even as a kid like stand up to that you know? I and I and I also God. think Fred was was working on other things back and forth during this. So it's like he was tired. That's he was probably fucking tired. <laughs> you know? just exhausted. And, yeah. And the studio were what they were back. The studio, yeah, they're like, you know, where the fuck is the Julie Judy Garland uh, method? Like, we can't (laughs) do that anymore. So fuck. Like, wait, we can't give them cocaine. (laughs) Yeah, we can't just give them diet pills. Can't give them methamphetamines and opium. You know, bring them up and bring them down. Uh, Those were the days. (laughs) You know, yeah, yeah, those were the days. These child actors these days, they don't, they don't know. They don't know. 
Yeah. But when you think we... about like the <laughs> child, like the the kids from Stranger Things are all fucking really good actors. Then I watch Fred Savage in this one, like the fuck is happening right now? Like, and then I was like, am I just pretending these eighties people were all good actors and like? Really, they're just not like he just. I just think it's a lot of competition from Howard. You know, so okay, so I I had to look it up. I had to look it up. So, Little Monsters is Ben Savage's first first acting job, first first film job. So, uh, part of it, I think, is yeah, he was probably phoning it in. I think they thought it would be fun to have like the brothers because they do they do look alike. Um, I think it just thought it'd be fun to have the brothers be there. Um, And now I'm I'm going on IMDb. Uh, to figure out Fred Savage's first job because it's probably it's probably Princess Bride, right? Do we think that might be a thing? I feel like he was good in that. Am I crazy? And then yet in this, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you're right, though. Maybe it's just juxtaposing him with that. <laughs> I've not seen The Princess Bride that will likely be coming to uh, the After Fright School oh special gosh, should you be yeah. a Patreon member. Plug, plug, uh, very soon. But uh, yeah, so I have no, I have no uh, comparison for that. And The Princess Bride, yeah, oh, that was 87. Shit. Sorry, so oh. he, so Fred Savage, his first acting role was in 86, and then Princess Bride was 87, he did like a, he did four things in 86, that came out in 86, and then 87 was Princess Bride, and then this was 89, right? So yeah, so he had, so he should have been better, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> He was old. he was actually forty when he made this movie. So no, I'm just yeah, kidding. he was like you know you know the the Judy Garland method was like uh we need to we need to get him all situated. <laughs> but um, anyway, so for, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so chi- no, 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 no. You're fine. You're trash. Totally fine. Small it's children's just... acting. <laughs> um, I think kids today are like so. My daughter is 11 and in sixth grade, the same age as Brian and his little buddies in this film. And I do think, well, first of all, one of the things I miss from the 80s, if I could like bring back some 80s tropes real quick, besides yeah. the whole like you know teachers could physically assault children, that was Jeff's <laughs> kiss. Um, and every movie has a divorce because apparently all those writers in the 80s were going through this, right? Oh like it God. was, yeah. it was literally every kid's movie was Such the parents were. Yeah, they were the parents sucked, were not present, and we're getting a divorce. Um, but the kids were so much smarter. Like my daughter, there is no way she would be able to mechanically engineer all of the contraptions. Like my kids are in honor, like they're not well, they are dopey, don't tell them, but they're like in otters classes. There's no way they could like saw their bed and like create like simple contra- like kids in the 80s were so much smarter, I think. Maybe because of phones, who knows? But my I think that my 11 year old has been exposed to so much more and like their programming, and I'm sure you guys have no reason to watch this kind of stuff. It's like like you said, Joe, like you're the adult man watching children's things. Not okay. Um, I'm gonna giggle next time Matt Kelly says he's sitting alone watching little monsters, so I'm gonna tag you in that post because you know it's coming i mean <laughs> matt i mean i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna get a text message as soon as i say it but like <laughs> matt loves high school musical the musical the series so yeah and so does my daughter right he and the 12 year old have that yeah daughter, right? yeah <laughs> um but yeah no i i think their shows like i watch like never have i ever and a lot of yep, their mm-hmm. other shows with them and they're so smart and they're so real and they're dealing with the issues in ways that are like so upfront and love in my opinion lovely and I, I envy that for them because I think if parents are smart enough to be like, our kids are exposed to this shit, 
like I'm not gonna clutch my like I remember watching the summer I felt pretty or I was ugly or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> the summer where my looks were what were only everything cared about. Right. Yeah. And like the other parents were all like, I can't believe you let your daughters watch that. And I was like, <laughs> if, you think, if you think for a fucking second that kids aren't exposing themselves to 10 times worse on TikTok, then you're fucking wrong. Like yeah. the kids are grown up too early. Like when I was 11, I was watching little monsters and playing with my fucking Barbies. And when they're 11, they're watching and talking about and dealing with these very complex things. I do think it's sad that kids today are growing up this way, but I think there's two types of kids right now. The ones whose parents are sheltering them and they're just going and doing it behind their parents' backs anyway. Like I, I, I had to laugh because this one woman was really critical of me letting my daughters watch the summer I turned pretty. And her daughter, I found out like a week later, her daughter was watching Euphoria in her closet with boys uh, on Zoom. I was like, uh, bitch. Like, <laughs> so I hope this woman never listens to this show. But if she does, sorry, bitch, your kid's doing 10 times worse. Yeah. Um, and my kids will watch Euphoria because they're like, mom, we didn't, we're not ready for that shit. Because I'll be like, you guys want to watch Euphoria? I'll watch it with you. I mean, I'm going to cover my eyes. But and they kind of. I let my kids decide what they're ready for and they will come to me. Like Kenzie and I watched Chucky and there were times where she's like, this shit's intense, but she's also 13. If she's in almost in high school, whatever's happening in her world is 10 times worse. So I think the kids today are smart if they, and their shit is just smarter. Like we, we didn't have shows that were this relevant, you know? I mean, I guess maybe we did and I'm not giving the eighties and early nineties enough credit, but you know, I don't know. I think that they're almost too smart for little monsters is how I, pin my kids today i'm trying to think i feel like yeah we didn't have like i I don't know i mean i think of like daria like daria was extremely relevant and extreme like i felt a big connection freaks and geeks was really good Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i think there definitely were but there's a lot more and a lot more analysis and a lot more um stuff now but i mean there's also just a lot more um, opportunity to create, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't have 5,000 Netflix and right, right. you know, and like all these different avenues to get content that are all, you know, trying to get yeah. meaningful content and to, you know, to, to get people to watch, you know? So. Yeah. And, and in a woke post me Too world, the content to me feels more representative, more like, I love that there's characters of all types of shapes and colors and sizes and the kids just seem okay with it. So it gives me a little hope. I think we're, they're yeah. better off not having little monsters to be honest. Yeah. Like I'm watching, I, so like I started watching never have I ever this year um, and I'm caught up on the new season and I'm just looking at it. And I'm just like, yeah, it's like, you know, it, I think that like for someone who's like, you know, late middle school into early high school, I think that's completely appropriate. It's also like, you know, it's also like speaking to the current moment, um, like euphoria. I, you know, I just like, what? <laughs> No, I I'm was like, like no, they are not ready for it. But I don't want them watching it in a closet with their friends. So I'd rather yeah. them be honest with me about it. You know, That's, and you know I mean, what I mean, like yeah. you know, not That's to. Point. I'm going to give you your flowers now, Marissa. Like you saying that, like, hey, if you want to watch this, I'll watch it with you. Like yeah. that's kind of like the best gift. Like, uh, so my parents were not in this. My parents in the same way were not like, like we're, you know, if you want to watch this or whatever. Like there were definitely things that I just didn't want to watch with them because I didn't feel comfortable. But they also like never enforced like a strict bedtime. Like it was never like I would remember. I'd be like up late. I'd be up late watching like Nick at Night, and that was like some of the most like that was like where I did a lot of my like uh discovery of like old comedy and my appreciation for you know for those things and so like I was kind of like 
I'm kind of like low key grateful that like I had parents who just kind of like let me do my own thing at night and didn't like police me in that way. Um, or at least as strictly as like, you know, cause there were some, I remember I'd go to like other kids house and it's like, okay, everyone go in the bed, lights off, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm like, I'm literally up for like another two hours. <laughs> um, and and that's so great that like your kids are just like, no, we're not ready for that. Like, we don't want to watch that. Um, last thing is Chucky the series, Chucky or Chucky mm-hmm. the movie? The series, oh, yeah. okay. See, yeah. uh, also, I think that's pretty appropriate. I mean, I, I, uh, given like it's also the timeline of like w- w- the age of the kids that are in the series. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and she's going to be Tiff for Halloween. So we're really excited. It's adorable. Yay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and, and it's like kids are like that. Like I've, I'm curious to see your guys' perspective because if you watch Chucky, you must be like, holy shit, kids today are fucked. Like, you know, it's like it's so shocking sometimes the shit they're dealing with. I'm like, oh my God, were we that grown up? I don't, I don't even know. Um, all I know is I'm just glad they never have to meet boy because that's just bad. <laughs> if nothing else, at least they don't have to deal with that. <laughs> deal with boy. That or that snick. Snick. You know. Snick too, of course. Um uh, and that we mean the character, not the beloved Nickelodeon. No, uh, Snick Friday nights. Snick, Snick on Nickelodeon was awesome. Um, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know because it's like I think about my own high school experience and like girl and even like middle school, and I don't. I feel like it was like some stuff is just age old. You know, like once mm-hmm. you like start hitting puberty, like sex issues were always a thing, drugs, drinking. I mean. You know, a lot of the things that we see on television now, it's more like they're dealing with like the the, the reality of that. Like that these are things that kids like are concerned with and are happy. Because I feel like when we were growing up, it was like, you know, don't do drugs. My kids are, you know, doing this or that. Or my kids are all virgins and are, you know, all good. And it's like, no, no, <laughs> you know. Um, but again, I, it's, it's one of the, that is one of the hard things to like look at in a, in like a real truthful way. You know what I mean? It's like difficult to really know, like, are we smarter or dumber? Are we, you know, cause there's just so much about the world that feels different, but a lot of, but these are human, human problems we've had since mm-hmm. humans. <laughs> Some of this funny. stuff, you know, one of my notes about Brian that I was like worked up about is how he like, I was like, this kid's a fucking pathological liar. Like I felt like he really was like, at points very dishonest with his parents and very and then I was like oh my god like I guess were we like and then I think of never have I ever where I have to be like girls she's going through some really mental health like her mental health she's not well she makes choices that are really bad so it's like I don't know maybe that's just reality is that kids going through trauma and like he was doing dealing with the divorce dealing with moving like it's okay that he was a little pathological, right? Like I was, I was being like a 40 year old about him and not remembering that I used to like literally have cookies in my hand to be like, what? I didn't steal the fucking cookies. So, you know, I think there are some things about it that made me remember childhood in, I guess a good way, but can we just agree that his relationship with Maurice is very toxic and gaslighty? <laughs> I just, it's super I'm not weird. here for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't hang out with grown up monsters. It's not kids. No. Like, PSA from us. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and again, if they had kind of clarified, like, is he supposed to be like the same age and he's just become like a monster? But then there's like a comment where he says he's like been doing this for 200 years or something. But I don't know. I'm very. Yeah, it's confusing. They never I feel like they don't do a good job of really nailing down, like, you know, what where the monsters are coming from. And, you know, is he 
is he is is Maurice like seriously just like trying to have fun with his little kid buddy he's picked up or like he's trying to like get him to join this cult of monsters and do cruel things and hurt you know the infant and hurt other children and you know you know encouraging all these bad things like you know so it's like I don't know the movie's got mixed messaging I you know again I did remember enjoying this as a kid rewatching it it brought it did like with you brought back a lot of memories like getting up in the middle of the night to like watch movies that you're not supposed to be watching and you know eating things that do and you know and it does like you were saying it um like having the handful of cookies saying oh i don't have any cookies you know like remembering stupid stuff we got in trouble for as kids and that we were terrified and like we're gonna be our parents are gonna murder us and and then having zero concern being out till two, three in the morning with strange men and women, you know, <laughs> drinking and smoking, you know, this is fine. But the cookies, the cookies, they're going to kill us uh, over over stealing a cookie or five. <laughs> um, trying to see if any other any other stray thoughts on little monsters before we wrap this up. But I think I covered all of my notes um you know outside of i think we were talking a little earlier about anxiety of childhood we i was perpetually the new kid which again i think is one of the reasons i did really like this because we moved a lot when i was growing up i went to like 13 different schools um just like every six months you know once a year we would get up and like move especially at this age um for lots of reasons poverty (laughs) being number one uh, so, you know, so it's like, I always like really, I think resonated with that aspect of it, of like being the new kid all the time, you know, it's like either at the beginning of the year coming in, but often right in the middle of the year, you know, moving to a new school. So like, there was a lot of like shared frustration there that in watching this, it was like, oh, I kind of remember those feelings that I've forgotten, you know, over time, uh, you know, so rewatching this, I'm kind of, not that I do it that often, but this is, I think the second time, because when it popped up. It was somewhere else, like a couple of years ago, I rewatched it um, just for the hell of it. And then in doing the rewatch for today's show, it just brought up those like old, old scars. <laughs> I know. It's, it is what it is. Like we all, we all have our, our, our slings and arrows. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Josh was trying not to get verklempt on, you know, remembering <laughs> little that, little, little, that little new kid. He was a little new, little spooky kid. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, like, you know, and I think, again, like, it's just, that's why, like, movies like these can resonate, like, when you see them at certain times in your life where, you, you know, you can really, like, identify with, like, what he's going through. Plus, you know, my our parents were always like fighting and, you know, lots of bad stuff there. And so, you know, he would leave and we'd all be on our own for a while. And then he'd come back, you know? So it's like, there's lots of childhood trauma in this movie. uh, That's very palpable, uh, you know, to, to memories. So yeah. Look at that. Making little monsters feel, you know, (laughs) if you would have moved to my town, we would have been fast friends because I had no friends that I'd be in the corner like, guys, you want to play Nightmare on Elm Street with me? And they'd be like, no. (laughs) I would have been really excited to have a spooky friend. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. No, 100%. It was so rare that other kids' parents let them watch the kind of movies we watched, you know? (laughs) So true. Like, what is that? What? You saw what? And then I'd get in trouble, get in trouble for describing these movies to other kids. Like, you can't tell them that. What's no. wrong with you? <laughs> they, they used to send me to the principal's office because I would like, like in my notebook, like draw Freddy Krueger's claw and they'd be like, oh, time. And um, thank God it's not today because I probably would have been in the like school psychologist's office every day of my life. But like oh back, gosh, even back yeah. then they knew something was off. <laughs> Is it like, uh... <laughs> 
Yeah, they're like, Marissa to the office again. Damn it. Some little boys had a nightmare because of something you told him. Yeah, it was my um, Hellraiser fan fiction, wasn't it? <laughs> um, that no, that really happened to me. That's real shit. Um, yeah, that that was too. to do with witches and witchcraft. That's a whole mm. other whole other ball of wax. <laughs> Thank you, the craft. Oh. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Joe. Any final thoughts from you? I bet you just can't wait to get off of this and like run and watch this again. Share again. all your. Again, pursuant to Megan's Law, if I'm watching this again. um, I, this is more of a question for Marissa, given that you are, you are an educator of children, people, you have children, people yourself. Like, what do you think, what do you think, like, their little monsters is going to be? Like... And, and like, what do you think that their gate? What is what is the current generation like? Your the kids your age, uh, the kids the the kids your kids' age, I should say. When they become your age, what are they going to look back fondly? Um, is it going to be hocus pocus? You know what I mean? Like, is it going right, to be yeah. something that like we we meaning like you know millennial consumers? You mean the hocus pocus sequel? No, I mean like current hocus pocus because like is is it going to be something that is a is older than them but like because of how much our generation had nostalgia for that it's going to carry through. Like I think That's hocus pocus is going to is still be that staple because people mm-hmm. of our generation are keeping it alive. I mean, we kept we resuscitated that bitch to the point where now <laughs> she has her own sequel coming out. Yeah, and, that only came out four years after Little Monsters. You know, yeah. I'm which I'm, is crazy I mean, that, when you think about it. It's a good point that you're making that like it endures even today. But I am curious, like, is there new stuff that's yeah. being created? And that's the question, uh, right? So, like, is there yeah. anything that like is there anything besides like what nostalgia machines are keeping alive? Like what is the new things that are coming out or do you think will come out? I think it's interesting because I think it's stuff that we're all responsible for and also love too. So like, I think immediately in my head, the two things that jumped in were stranger things because they watched, they grew up with that show, but it got scary quick, you know, like, and also the it series because that had all the kids from Stranger Things in it, so they flocked to it when they were mm-hmm. way too young. Especially the sequel, like my daughter was like yeah. shit when the opening scene with the people at the carnival. My daughter was so shook, but like they had to watch it. And like, so I think there are things that they're going to look back on and be like, oh, like same thing with Fear Street. Fear Street scared the shit out of them, but they could not get enough of it. And I I loved it for them because I you know I am who I am. But a lot of parents were like, oh, they can't watch that. Oh my god, like you know. And so I think there are films coming out today that are probably legitimately better than the things we had. I just think they are, they have so much access to all of it that Mm -hmm. like they watched Tokus Pocus and Coraline and and all that stuff when they were so young and it probably messed with them. Like my daughter openly messaged. She was like, saw Coraline too young and really fucked her up, you know, like, so (laughs) oops, my bad, (laughs) but uh, can't get them all right. But at the end end of the day, like, I think they have access to all of it. And like at the tip of their fingers, literally they will watch what they call creepy eighties shit because they have so many more things that are available to them that are good. So I do think there are movies and shows and stuff that are becoming the formative gateway stuff for the kids today. I just, I'm not sure too much of it isn't stuff we also enjoy. So I don't know what that means or what that says. So 
That's such a good yeah. question, Joe. God, I want to do like a whole podcast on that. <laughs> well, see, now you're now as you like go through life, right? And your kids go yeah. through their life, like they're gonna you're gonna be thinking, like, is this is this the thing that's the core memory? Like right? and, and and also think about like just how nuts that is that like you know, someone's core memory is like Monster Squad and Little mm-hmm. Monsters, and like your kid's core memory is like Fear Street. Like, <laughs> like I mean, like you yeah. know, like uh, it's. Yeah. But also, too, like, what does that say? Because like Monster Squad is great, but it like when you reflect on it, it's like you know, it's it's not it's not like it's got some stuff that's a little problematic, but like, is it more problematic or is it, or is it just it the right amount? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Is it just the right amount? Because like, yeah, fear street, they like rampant drug use, like, yep, you sex, know, drugs, sex, yep. drugs, you know, yeah. like yeah. besides, I mean, gays, like, gays, <laughs> uh, you know, people getting cut by like cake slicers, bread slicers. It was intense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and they were, it was what two, like almost a year ago now there were a, 10 and a 12 like they were young you know but if but they were all watching it's weird yeah i don't know it's such a good point i think our stuff was a little more a a little less uh, more innocuous and more innocent because Mm -hmm. we didn't have i fucking hate to be the old lady yelling at the clouds but we didn't have the interwebs like that's that's the fucking core difference here is that they have access to all this stuff and they find my stuff to be like like they'll be like willow is creepy and inappropriate and weird i'm like really the shit you watch and you're coming to me for willow how dare you like (laughs) yeah but the children know i hate i don't like willow (laughs) I mean, you don't. Uh, like I can't like I mean know. Warwick Davis good on her for getting a check you know because she's gonna get she has I, I keep saying she I don't know I don't know Warwick Davis uh whole deal but like I, yeah but like Warwick Davis is like is in a you know the sequel whatever that thing that's coming out. I'm so excited yeah, like great good on you but like you know I was just confused because I was like why is Batman running around with like you know this Ewok man like it was very confusing for people who only knew them from other things. I could say that. Yes. And how that fucking was, That was a very therapeutic. Working? That was a very therapeutic response. Thank you, Marissa, for that. Yeah. I'm used, I'm sensitive to that because Joshua will say those things to me, and I'm like, don't don't talk to me like I'm one of you. Don't talk to me like you're in a clinic, okay? <laughs> oh God, yeah, I'm dude, kidding. I'm kidding. Puzzles. I'm kidding. Joe should be in a clinic, but that's a whole other. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Well, just the uh, learning addicts. There's a learning addicts for that. I think yeah, it's not the one, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, this is so. This is really fun. We might have to make this like a yearly thing to like oh examine God, like ongoing gateway horror because, yeah, I am very curious, and I, I think we sort of accidentally talked about this on all the other episodes, but we should have been more intentional about like what do we think is the future, like gateway. You know, like when kid in thirty years, kids are going to look back. You know, and adult, you know, well, adults then in their late thirties and forties to look back and think like, you know, what did they get into? And it's just straight horror. It's not even like stuff like this that's like like Beetlejuice it, it like rides the line you know Ghostbusters you know these aren't movies that are explicitly horror they have horror elements you know mm-hmm. but they're comedies they're family you yeah. know entertainment you know like now, zombies but. like zombies the Disney the Disney Channel original my movie. kids right. love zombies we rock yeah. out to zombies <laughs> yeah yeah but that's I'd be so lying like, if I said I didn't love it too 
Yeah. yeah it's just so that's so like, horror. Oh yeah. I can't, I'm, I'm like embarrassingly excited for monster high, uh, the new monster high movie they have. Come out. <laughs> we watched that too. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot about it. that. It's yeah. so dumb, but I'm just like, I love like this idea. Like I'm not, I didn't like what I'm, I am going to watch the movie that's coming out. But oh, we watched film. the show. Like I'm really excited to hear that. Cause I watched that with my kids a lot. Yeah. But, but I also, just, I like the mm-hmm. introduction to these monsters you know Mm -hmm. and they my kids and i don't know if i just shoved it down their throats when they were little or if kids organically still like this stuff but like they loved ghostbusters they loved gremlins they loved you know like so i'm hoping maybe those will stand the test of time and in 30 years those will still be gateway horror still be the things that people saw for the first time or saw you know early in their lives that kind of you know brought them over to to the to, to the horror side Ah, oh, Marissa. Oh my gosh. Such oh a joy. Gosh. I'm so glad we could make, oh my gosh. Uh, I'm so glad <laughs> we could, I don't know. Uh, I'm glad we can make this work. I'm glad that you, you were available in your um, insanely busy life. Uh, like all of us these days, it's just, oh, you know, um, we're just grateful that you, you found a little oh sliver gosh. to give to us. I am, we appreciate I just it. love being a piece of furniture in the freight school world for just a minute <laughs> because I, I just adore you too. I'm surprised you don't have like a, um, you know, like a, what are those called restraining order against me yet? But I just am <laughs> such a fangirl of freight school that I am always so honored to be on. Thank you both so much for hanging out with me. <laughs> you, are, you are too, too, too sweet. Um, <laughs> right back. You just, you, you're lovely. So Aww, you. always welcome. We appreciate you. And, you. uh, you know, everybody can find you at Jersey ghouls on all of the things. Absolutely. And, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Any other any other plugs that you know that you got? Um, no, just check us out at Jersey Ghouls. I'm also doing a lot of writing for Ghouls Magazine, which is a, a feminist uh, UK based uh, magazine, and I just adore the fuck out of that magazine and everybody who works with it because it's just all amazing empowered marginalized people in horror so definitely check us out over there too awesome yeah yeah definitely check out the links yeah. to that uh to jersey ghouls in the uh in, in the comments section uh, <laughs> uh on the episode uh otherwise thank you thank you thank you again um Yay! Yay! Monsters. Yay! Um, <laughs> Yay! Creepy eighties movies. <laughs> Yay! Uh, Joe, as always, I adore thee, and uh, good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. listening to the Geekscape Network.